Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome to another episode of my co-hosted segment, Peace and Prosperity, with my amazing friend and executive coach, Christopher Salem. Now, our intention with this segment is to help entrepreneurs and business owners who are all struggling to maintain harmony in their lives, to have successful relationships, health, and of course, wealth. Now, through our nine anchor transformational process, we will help you to create this harmony by optimizing all nine anchors. Now, in this segment, we will interview executive coaches, we'll interview intuitive business leaders and successful business people in an effort to give you insight and tips on how you too may be able to create the harmony in your lives that you're looking for. Thank you, Jennifer. We're so excited to have our incredible guest on the podcast today who's going to talk to us about finding your voice. Renee has cultivated inspired individuals and teams for over a decade. You will immediately feel her energy when she enters a room. After over 25 years working in corporate America, Renee decided it was time to hang up the corporate ladder. She started a professional training and speaking as an instructor at WHW Women Helping Women, a nonprofit organization where she donated her time helping the unemployed and underemployed find and keep their jobs. Renee has received numerous awards over the years for bringing her teams to the number one position. Both her years and experience in the corporate world have taught her that in order to move the bar and increase profit, you must first invest in people. After suffering a devastating uh, illness that took her away, her voice, then a few years later, the loss of her best friend and then her father, Renee decided to follow their example to never give up. Now, that legacy is how Renee has chosen to live her life and help others, showing them just when they feel life is closing in on them, there's always a way out. Today, Renee is a four-time number one best-selling author, speaker, and transformational mindset coach and creator of the V-O-I-C-E Voice Blueprint. She works with those uh, suffocating in silence to find their true voice so they can express themselves with confidence and go from surviving to thriving. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm great, Jen. Nice to be here. Thank you so much to you and to Chris for having me on your show. Much thank gratitude. you. Thank you so much for being here because we're going to actually delve into a topic that so many people struggle with um, in today's society. And that is um, finding our voice. And because I know that there are many situations where, you know, whether it's through codependency, whether it's through narcissistic abuse, whether it's through a whole host of other um, situations that you're going through, that your voice is suppressed. And you lose that confidence and you lose that that self-worth and that ability to actually figure out what your purpose is and, and why we should speak up. And, you know, I know um, I'm going to get you to tell your story in a minute, but I know that um, when I was I was reading about you and you're talking about being a people pleaser, well, that's exactly what I, what I was too. And that can be a real issue. But what I'm going to get you to do is to let our listeners know a little bit about you because you've got an incredible story um as to how you lost your voice can you let us know about that and sure absolutely thank you again for having me it was in corporate america um i've always been in corporate america i like came out of the room went to school studied got my degree 
and went right into the workforce. And it's always been in corporate. And I ended up running teams and multi-million dollar teams as a manager in that position. But what I want to tell you is that being a manager and being a leader are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can manage a situation. You can manage a group of people. But leading them is another thing in its entirety. And I, I'm going to tell you, I don't really feel I was the best manager, but I was a damn good leader. Yeah. Because I developed those people. And while other managers may have been in the back room doing the kind of clerical kind of things, I was right next to my people hip to hip, coaching, training, developing, and finding it about them because I wanted to know who they were, what made them tick, because if I could find out what made them tick, I could lead them to the next level and take the next step of what they needed Mm -hmm. to move forward in their position. So you want to always develop your people to be your leader. You don't want to stay in that position your whole life. Leaders lead leaders. Yes, absolutely. You want to always develop your teams to level up to their potential. You got to find what their potential is and meet them where they're at. And that's what I always did. And no matter where they were, I met them right there and really supported them. And they were right there to support me too. So that was always a wonderful thing. What wasn't so wonderful is I got so immersed into the position and the leading piece was great, but it was managing and having all the responsibility that was placed upon me. Because when the management, the upper management team saw how great I was doing with my people, they kept dumping more on me. Mm -hmm. Well, let's give her this. Let's give her that. And being that people pleaser, I'm like, who am I to say that's too much? Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Because then I'm thinking, if they think I can do it, then I could do it and I need to do it. Because if I can't do it, then maybe they'll demote me or maybe they'll push me out. Maybe, I don't know, maybe. But the thoughts started going like, I don't know. So I kept doing everything they were placing upon me and I never said no. Mm-hmm. So um, the more they placed, the more I did. So what if I stayed up till two? I would count how many hours before my next shift. It was retail. So, okay, if I have five hours of sleep, I could stay up till two and I could do this. Or if I get in at this time, I'll have this much sleep. You know, I was always trying mm-hmm. to figure out what I could do to get that job done. And I was doing a lot of work from home. Now, to that point, Nobody said you have to do work from home. Yeah, you made that, that choice. I made that choice because I wanted to be with my people on the sales floor to develop them. And the only way I figured I could do it is if I took my time and worked on schedules, um, any kind of goals they needed to do for the next event and break them down by day, by person, by shift, by hour, it was a yeah. lot that I did, but I chose to do that. I, I do want to say that because that's how I was able to make, or I thought things work. Mm. What I didn't know is I was digging a grave for myself Yeah, and it became a very grave situation. It's interesting the word grave, how mm-hmm. it became a grave situation because what happened is that Christmas season came upon us. And with me, anybody that knows retail, when you go shopping during the Christmas mm-hmm. season, you know, there's extended hours, there's late nights, there's early mornings. But when you're managing, I was working those late nights and early mornings. You're not punching a clock. You get your job done, no matter if you come in early or stay late to do it, you do it. And I did. 
And one of those shifts that I was scheduled for, I was the only closing manager that was a senior management on staff. The others were Christmas hired. Mm. And they, the store was not allowed to close the building with a Chris, even if it was a Christmas manager, mm. it, it's not a tenured seasoned person. And mm. I was. And so I woke up not feeling well and something I don't advise people doing, but I went into work sick. So I thought, how can I say hi? I don't feel like they would say, get your butt in here. Yeah. You're the one closing. No one's going to switch with you for one o'clock in the morning shift, you know? It's like, uh, and so I went in and I figured I was off the next day. I could do it. Just go in there. You just got to work these 10 hours, 12. You, you could do it. Well, as the night went on, I was feeling worse and worse. My body temperature, I felt going yeah. up. My throat was getting worse. I was shivering. I got to my car at like 1 a.m. I got home after one and I went to the doctor the next day. I said, I felt like there was a sore in my throat and she's, you know, checked for strep. She said, you know, I'm strep, but you do have, like you said, that sore. <laughs> Most people say they have a sore throat. I said, I think there's a sore in my throat. And she mm. said, there's actually a sore in the middle of your throat. I said, that's exactly where I feel it. Mm. So she sent me home because it wasn't strep and she didn't know yeah. what, you know well the next day I woke up and I, I wrote this in my book I felt like that sort of literally gave birth like overnight oh. in my throat so I woke up as bad as much that hurt it was like exponential so my best friend who's with me from heaven right now yeah. my dad I I told her and, and she came to my place and she took me to, back to urgent care back to the doctor doctor took one look and said get her to the ER Mm -hmm. so my best friend was a former girl scout so we stopped at her house and she picked up some things because she knew it wasn't going to be a quick visit to the yeah. ER. and uh we were there for a while and the next thing i know i had no voice and it's interesting and nobody ever asked me there was one interview i did that someone said do you remember the last words you spoke before you lost your voice i said i have no idea i don't remember that was like a great yeah. question I said, you know, you don't know, you're not, I didn't You know take I it for granted, don't you? You take it for granted when you've got your voice. Because I know I've lost my voice for a couple of days for some reason. And I've now started to learn the reasoning behind it. Because I've, like you, as I said, I've, until recently, um, I struggled with that as well. I struggled with boundaries. I struggled with saying no. Oh. I struggled with people pleasing. I struggled with codependency. There was all of that that was wrapped oh, up in 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 this whole situation. But when I lived in Melbourne um, a few years back, I would all of a sudden just lose my voice and nothing else. I was not sick. I was not like I had no other symptoms except that I'd lose my voice and I wasn't able to speak. And that's real tough when you've got a couple of toddlers around and you can't actually speak to them. Um, so I realised since as we've gone on that that is actually your body's way. That's actually source's way of telling you, you need to start to speak up for yourself. You've blocked that throat chakra, which allows you to have that confidence and that ability to speak up. So, um, so I can't imagine, cause you, you lost your voice for what, three or four months. Oh yeah. It was close to four months. Like, and it was, you know, Jen, it wasn't just the voice. I had like this trifecta mm. going on. So it he had pain the, too. The pain, I'm going to tell you, this is not being dramatic, 
Yeah. I didn't even want to live. Yeah. Because it was like, I don't know if you can think of the sharpest steak knives or or um, razor blades in your throat 24 seven. Yeah. So much so that you can't I, even swallow. Oh, well, mm. a little, I'm going to be a little brown. Uh, I spit up my own yeah. saliva. I, yeah. I, I couldn't swallow it. I was just, and you don't realize how many times a day you swallow. Yeah. Like how many, how many times do you swallow? You're like, I don't know. How many times do you blink? You don't know. You just do it. Well, when you're unable to, you know when it's happening. So mm-hmm. I was going to bed. As soon as I woke up, I wanted to go back to bed. And something interesting happened. Not then. Hindsight <laughs> is 2020 with or without the glasses. <laughs> is that as is in life, the things you are meant to face, yeah. you can't escape. So yep. I just said I looked forward to going to bed when I woke up because I wanted to get out of this pain, mm-hmm. just go back to bed, like close. You your were eyes hiding and- it. You were trying to just I block was, it out. I, I, the thing is, I couldn't because I had mm. slept and I couldn't. I, I woke up and I'm like, oh. But the thing that's also interesting is that I would wake up at two or three in the morning in pain mm. from that virus. So it wasn't like I would sleep seven or eight hours and wake up for the day. I must have swallowed in my sleep. And working yourself up. up. The pain would wake me up. And I was like, oh my God. So it was, I, I didn't say, oh my God, I couldn't say it, but in yeah. my head, it, <laughs> it was just, it was just exorbitant. So I don't want to stay in the pain in this interview because that's not the purpose. No. Of it. The purpose is to know where you can come from, from that point. Yes. You know, people say, talk about, you want to talk to people's pain points. Oh my God. <laughs> I had a pain point. I said the trifecta was the physical pain. The emotional pain, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. why the emotional, because I could no longer be with my loved one. Yeah. That to me, and I am a, a people person. It wasn't just a people pleaser, a people person. And that to me is like water to a plant. And if I'm taken away, sucked away from the source of people, then that was very Yeah, painful. I can imagine. So, so there was the pain of the throat that I was not allowed to be with the public because I was so contagious. So I was told you can no longer be with the public. He, the doctor in the ER literally said that to me. Then the pain of the throat of the source all of my vocal cords, can't even, you know, couldn't swallow. And then the pain of doctors not being able to help me. Mm-hmm. They had no answer. I had close to 20 vials of blood in about three and a half, four months that were taken from my body. And so you didn't be, know if you were ever going to be able to speak again, right? Exactly. Mm. That this could be permanent damage. And they kept leaving me voicemails because I couldn't answer the phone, but the voicemail was saying, go for more blood work, go for more blood work. I'm like, well, I was withering away. I'm not a big person to begin with. So I wasn't able mm. to drink because when you can't swallow your own, you know, saliva, yeah. it's like, you know, like, and it wasn't to have chicken soup or tea and honey. Uh, it wasn't that because it wasn't a sore throat. It was sores like wounds on the actual cords. Mm. So note to yourself, if you have anything, got them fit a million and fifteen times like that, do not put honey on it. That is literally pouring salt into an open wound. I did that prior to going to the doctor because a few people that I was supposed to said, what about honey? I'm like, oh my God, I love honey. That would be great. And all you have to say was that, like that Pepto-Bismol commercial soothing. I can think of the honey coating and soothing my throat. So I took a heaping tablespoon of honey, opened my mouth and gulped it down. And I almost shot to the ceiling. I almost shot to the ceiling. I was like, 
I felt my whole face turn red. I couldn't scream because I didn't have the, the voice. Yeah. But it was, I just felt my whole face turn red. Because it was it. just feeding it, wasn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. the, the interesting thing is you go through your story and you, you're talking about how you were in the corporate and you were stressed out. And yes. um, so, so that had to have played a part in it as well. Was, it totally did. It was the corporate role of having to or feel like I needed to take care of everything that yeah. was put on my plate. And I was like literally running through and the store and I had people on different levels. Like when I mean different levels, I mean literally the first floor, the second floor, the third floor. And and they had different promotions going on in different departments. Yeah. So I had to be on top of every promotion that was running on every minute of each person within the team plus the different promotions that were going on at different times and you know so, so were you always were you always a like even as a child were you always a people pleaser did you always want to make sure that everybody was happy and yeah you know what that's a great question I'm gonna say I, I know the answer and it's yeah yeah why it's because I hated arguments yeah I like when there were arguments in the house and would like you know try to make peace mm-hmm um, or if I could go in the middle of it and, and like, it, you know, or be the absorber of it, that I would take the blame that I did something, I mean, whatever it would take to make peace. Yeah. Don't yell, don't scream, don't be upset with somebody. Let me get in there and try to make everything okay. Yeah. I know how that feels. And that's called, that's called being an empath. And unfortunately that's, um, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, just, I, I, I do. I just, I am an empath to this day. Yeah. There's a difference today. This voice is much different. It's a more confident voice. Yep. It's an empathetic heart. Yeah. Soul. But there's also boundaries that are set and there were no boundaries. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that, that's always been my problem. And I think it's always been a problem of empaths is setting those boundaries. And I, in fact, I've, I've created an, another brand called the self-empowered empath for, for uh-huh. those empaths that are struggling with um, confidence and, and helping them to power up and to, uh-huh. you know, um, stop the energy vampires that are draining them of their energy. So um, it's, it's true. We, when we feel like we are blocked, when we feel like, um, like we're not worthy enough. What what impact do you think self worth has on um, on our voice? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because when you know, I was looking for outside validation for mm. inner self worth. To your exact point, mm, yeah. exact point. When you don't value yourself, you can't expect others to value you. And that's not just for corporate America. Yeah, that's in life. And, you know, you hear the saying that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I'm not going to say that. It's it's definitely the way you do most things mm-hmm. because it's your um, your mode of, you know, operandi that you do, your MO, uh, and that you are used to. And we always fall back to your the patterns that we are used to, even though they may not be serving us. And so I was not spiritual at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know from where I am now. It's a complete, like, I'm not going to say 360. It's a 180. 180 I've really yeah. a 180. Um, because being spiritual, uh, this whole journey and being able to step into my own voice and helping those that are suffocating in silence. Yeah. So many do. They are fearful of expressing like I was. 
their true voice, their authentic voice. Because what happens if I say something and you don't agree? Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I it's, it's, that, it's that fear of confrontation. It's like, I don't want to confront. I don't want an argument. I don't want that, um, that, that stress of being, um, of what they're going to say. I, it's, it's a real fear. What do you, what do you think about this, Chris? I agree. I mean, what, what, what Renee said, I mean, you know, I always look at, you know, when these things happen, you know, at the time it's like, you know, why is this happening to me? This is Mm. like terrible. You know, you know, I was here, I had, you know, I had a, you know, I, I, I was really at the top of my game in my, my job. Mm-hmm. Now this happens and, you know, my career is now in jeopardy. What do I do? So we see it happening to us, not for us. And so in essence, you know, you know, I guess when I'm picking up now, Ray, Renee can look back at this and say, God, if that, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't be here today. Exactly. Sharing this story to inspire people because that was really her true, true calling. She yep. just had to unfortunately go through this, like we all have to unfortunately. But now I can look back and say, I'm glad I went through that. Yeah. It, so you can look back in hindsight and say that. And well, and- yeah, and I think that everything is a stepping stone to the next part of our life. Everything, our higher self has has a plan for us. And sometimes we have to go through adversity. Sometimes we have to go through contrast. And I know I was working as a massage therapist, a remedial massage therapist for um for a couple of years and because I'm actually a naturopath by trade that's where I started off and so as a massage therapist the guy I was working with went away for a couple of weeks and I had to take on all his clients as well as my own and so I was doing like six or seven remedial massages a day now that's a lot for like that's really heavy work until the point he got back and I remember we went to this water park and we with a friend of ours that was visiting from Germany came home that day and I collapsed on the couch and they couldn't wake me and I I just went like when I finally woke up and they said what happened and it was like a couple of hours and I started thinking oh geez I've you know something's really wrong with me something's happened I don't know what's going on so I went to the doctors and got tested and everything else thinking that oh maybe I've got cancer or maybe something's and they found out that I had or because of the adrenal fatigue from so much overworking and pushing my body so much, then I had um, put myself into autoimmune thyroid disease. And so I actually literally, my thyroid was um, you know, eating away at itself. And so because of, because of that adrenal, adrenal fatigue, and this is why Chris and I with, with our program and um, we're so passionate about teaching people about harmony and teaching people that, you know, we can overdo it in certain areas of our life and we can go, go, go with our work because sometimes because we love it and sometimes because like with you, you loved the people, but you felt compelled that you had to do everything else as well. And if we don't look after ourselves and we don't start to go, okay, well, how are our relationships doing? Are are our relationships failing because of this? How How is our health? as my, my situation was. And so your situation where you've, you lost your voice, uh, but it wasn't just losing your voice. It was everything that went, went with it. The emotional aspect. If you're a, if you're a connector, if you're, if you're an empath, you need that connection with people. And Absolutely. to not have that, I, I could only understand would be, 
would be heartbreaking, but it brought you to this place now where you're inspiring so many other people, so many other women especially, to be able to figure out what their purpose is, to be able to stand up for themselves and say, look, I don't have to say yes to everything. I have the ability to say no because I'm a soul on this planet that has their own rights and that has their own abilities to to figure out what they want to do. And I don't have to, and that comes to everything, including kids. Um, you know, you don't have to say yes to everything. So, so I think I think that's remarkable. That. I want to say something that's um to something you mentioned earlier on, and I was looking down for a minute because I wanted to find it because it, it triggered something yeah. that I want to share. I do my own quotes, as Chris knows, every yes. day. And I put my voice, I put my voice to the quotes. And just the other day I posted this, it was yesterday actually. And it's um allow your stumbling blocks to be your stepping stones along the journey of finding your voice. Fantastic. And I put um and then I put content with it, which I, I do very consistent. My book is like this too, with the content and quotes I have. I put life truly is a dance, and no one is perfect. Don't beat yourself up when you stumble. Learn from it and use it to take your next step. So to your point, Jen, exactly. It is life is a dance and it's how we dance with the journey of finding your voice and what is it we do? What what steps do we take in the corporate role? What are you doing? Are you going through the motions? Are you trying to level up? Are you trying to learn? And the knowledge is going to become power for your next step in your journey of finding your voice, whether you're in management, yep. that leadership role, whether you're an employee in that role. I know, Chris, you talked to a lot of companies around the country. And this, to me, is really a big deal because coming from corporate for so many, 20, over 25 years, 25 years was with the last company. So I'm going to say it's over 30, 35 years. I won't date myself any more than that. But it's, <laughs> been, it's been a very long time. I just am from corporate America. So yeah. I know from that whole feeling of trying to find your voice as an associate, as a leader in that field. And for so many years and what it took to be in that role. And I never thought I would be leaving it. I thought that's where I was going to be for I mean, 25 years. You know, most people don't have relationships that long. And I was having a relationship with the company that long, but I lost the relationship with the most important person. And that was me. The one in the mirror. And, the and the, looking back at myself in the mirror. And I think one of the benefits of, of what you've gone through too is this, this whole new embracing of your spirituality. Because as you said, you weren't a spiritual person. It's it's mm-hmm. not like you could you could say that you were big on affirmations or anything yeah. like that at the time. Yeah. Um so I think that the fact that you now and I hear you talking about downloads, which which is which is great because I get a lot of downloads too from my higher self. And so I wanted to ask you a question. Um, Conscious Success fam, thanks so much for joining me in this interview. And I'm just taking a short break in the interview just to let you know about an exciting offer that I have for you. I'm just in the process of building the Superconscious Success Inner Circle, which is going to be a free membership that you're going to be able to get access to, which is going to eventually, once I've got it all built up, include courses and and exclusive content and a whole heap of other stuff that's going to be available for you to help you to expand that consciousness and to come into your power. And it'll include content from all of my different segments, from superconscious success, your spiritual shift, raising a conscious human 
and also peace and prosperity. And you'll include content from all of that, as well as the self-empowered empath, higher self-mastery, and a whole heap of other different collaborations and projects I have on the go. However, to get this free membership, you do need to go and sign up. So if you go to superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle, you can sign up absolutely free for it. As the content builds and I reach a thousand subscribers, I will then be making it a premium product, which means that you will no longer get it for free. It will be a monthly charge. But if you get in now and you get into the free membership, then you will have that free for life. So head across now as we're in the building phase and you'll start to get more and more awesome content um, flowing in. And yeah, so head on over there now, superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle. Now let's head on back intuition. to intuition. What part do you think intuition has to play when it comes to finding your voice? Oh, great question. I would say that is that gut feeling that you mm -hmm. hear about that, you know, it tells you one thing and you're like, well, no, I'm going to do this. Take time. That's part of meditation. Take time. And I know Chris does this too whether it's in the morning or at night or yes. both journaling and Chris has been doing it for umpteen years already. I don't know. Decades. Forever. <laughs> um, I know he doesn't miss a day. He does it every day. And that's really important because when you get that quiet time and I don't say get it, you make that quiet yeah. time. You can, you know, there's, there's you prioritize it. Yeah, You're, absolutely. Make it priority, whether it's 15 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it is that you do it and just be, just mm -hmm. allow yourself to be. Because in that being state, you can become that better version yep. of yourself and that higher version in finding your voice. Because that's why I, I created the voice blueprint that you, you Chris spoke about in my bio. It takes people from vulnerability. I love acronyms, so I have to make an acronym for voice. From vulnerability to empowerment. Yeah. And you really can't miss a step because you start out with vulnerability. Then you go into owning your voice which not many people do. It's no. quick to point the finger and place one pointing at Yeah, it's back. about responsibility, right? And you've got three more pointing back at you when you place <laughs> one finger that way. There's three more at yourself. And then there is igniting that flame and inspiration is the I in the voice blueprint. Then there's courage and confidence, mm -hmm. which we spoke about earlier. And that leads to empowerment. You can't just go from the V to the E. It's the stages and the steps you take in that journey. Because you've yeah. got to first get real with yourself. That's the vulnerability that nobody wants to be. They just want to say, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, wait a minute. Get real. Who's, you know, take the ownership. The mm -hmm. ownership. you got to be vulnerable. Let that, excuse me, but let this shit go. Yeah. You've been holding on to it for too long. And be real and be vulnerable. What is that you're holding on to? Yeah. Because what is suppressing and repressed and the emotions behind you? Because so yeah, many of us, are, yeah, so many of us hide our shadow sides and we don't want to deal with it because it's too painful. But if we don't bring that shadow side to the light, then all it's going to do is it's going to keep repeating itself and repeating itself and it's going to keep blocking what we need for our for our um, fulfillment and for our success. And there's this is what... Reason. Yeah. I think there's a twofold reason to what you said. That is 100%. The other is the fear yes, of absolutely. expression of your voice. Like you said earlier, what happens if, if I say this, if I, you know, my best friend used to say, where do you want to go for dinner? I'm like, I don't know, where do you want to go? When I was a little girl, parents, if we would go out to, where do you want to eat tonight? Well, where do you want to go? 
because I didn't want to let people down. Yeah. Why should you do what I like but not get what you want? Yeah. So we put ourselves last, right? So I yes. Mm. And so now you know, in hindsight, again, twenty twenty, um, it, it's not a matter of some you know somebody asking you because they're interested in knowing what you want or else they want to ask. It doesn't mean. That is going to happen, but they're interested in maybe, okay, maybe this time we do yours, next time we do mine, or let's go here, yeah. let's do it. But it's, it's, a, it's a conversation. But with me, I was like, no, well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go today? What? It was always about the other person and not the boundaries for what I really wanted. So it's And it's a diff- yeah, it's a difficulty with, with yeah. us with us um, receiving as well because we're not good receivers. Yeah. Right, no, you- when you're an empath, you want you don't want to give. You always want to give and make sure the other person's okay. Chris, I'm going to ask you because you do speak a lot mm. to all these companies, and I'm curious of what you know when you speak with them. Does the emotion piece come into play because so much of this and how we respond and react? I'm going to say that because there's a difference between responding and reacting in our jobs of you know the roles that we have. So how would you? Oh yeah. EQ, right? You know, a lot yeah. of times, you know, why companies have disengagement or low retention, why they leave certain, they leave their their role and duties or leave, you know, leave the company in general is because obviously they're not happy. And the reason being is that because people are conditioned to react to situations, not yeah. respond. And, and so what they're doing is reacting out of a primary emotion, whether usually in that case, it's negative anger, frustration, disappointment, shame, guilt, all of the above. And then by knowing that if I can take a deep breath with a pause of power and a deep breath, what can I control in this situation? What can I not control? Yeah. I can't control this. I can control this. So therefore I'm going to choose to respond, but from my secondary emotion, which is going to be a positive motion, I'm choosing it. It's not the primary emotion because I'm really not happy right now. Yeah. But I'm going to choose otherwise because if I choose from a place of calm, peace and calmness, I'm going to be I'm going to be able to maybe see what is, you know, the opportunity disguised in the challenge. I'll be able to see the problem for what it is and what I can control and, and what, whatever I can control, I can help solve with others involved and then create uh, a, a solution. So you're just it's just more sustainable long term in terms of bringing people together that way than dividing people through, yeah. through, through emot- the way we react versus we, when we should be responding. Absolutely. I, I, I knew it. I, I'm grateful that you said that because that makes, that's exactly, it, it makes sense. And that's what I felt you would say something to that um, tone because it's about responding versus reacting. And I have spoken about that in my, in my quotes too. We are so quick to respond. It's that knee jerk, right? You know, you get it. You you go like that. It's the automatic. You you know, even the nervous system that you just react to that rather than take that pause. You go okay because when people are reactionary, they don't get to respond. Yeah. Based on something that happened in their past. That's why it's a trigger. That's why they are called triggers because we're reacting to something that is a familiar. To what is happening in the present. We go back to the familiar of this is reminding me our brains are here, our minds, they try to protect us. So it goes back to the familiar of what this is similar to. And we react because that's how we reacted in a past situation. So we are reactionary rather than responsive to that. Mm. And coming from the corporate role, 
it's exactly what it is. We're always going to the next thing. And as you know, a former manager and an employee as well, it was always reacting rather than responding and the people pleasing. And you know, you end up running yourself into the ground mm -hmm. rather than you know getting the support you need. And it's really interesting about my my journey and this whole this whole journey is I remember when I was in that corporate role that I used to go to HR and ask if there was anything I could do in personal growth and development way before this. <laughs> so and it was always a passion of yours. I, yes, because I loved learning and development. I'm always, I wrote this in my book too, that I'm always going to be a student in life and a teacher. Yeah. Not a student teacher, but a student and a teacher. I'm like the sponge. Yeah. And I'm constantly looking things up. I have questions. I what is this? And then I get into the, what I'm reading, the article and how our minds and our bodies and, you know, just so much um, information that I, I really, um, I'm like this thirst for knowledge because with that knowledge, I get to learn and I can empower myself and get to teach and empower others. It's not about giving a hand out. Yeah. Helping them up. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Now, I um, I just wanted to ask, I know that on your site, you actually have a 10-step um, process to, to finding your inner voice, but I do want to go through a little bit and see if you can just, just give us a brief outline as to how someone may be able to build up that, that get to that place where they can start to find their voice. And I know it's a process, but um, give us a few tips that you think may be useful for our listeners. Well, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the whole thing in vulnerability. Mm -hmm. To really journal, you've got to journal and yeah. get really, not just think about things. There's a lot of, I say, power in the pen. Yeah. I'm not talking about the computer. You could do that, but when you actually write things out. Completely different. When, when it's, it's kind of different. And maybe it's a little old fashioned, but I could still write. I've got, you know, it's, I love the fact when I write things out that I can actually see them. I can feel them. The emotion is there. And I can look at what I've written and take that time. I certainly put Word documents together and type things up too, but there's a difference when writing it down. So journaling is really a big thing and getting real with yourself. Like, what is it that you are afraid of? Yeah. Because a lot of it is fear. Mm hmm fear of the judgment what is someone going to say if i actually speak up you know why do you think there's so many gay people that are in the closet They're yeah afraid. this is how they've always been known this is how people see them and it's expectation yeah of others but what about your expectations and acceptance of yourself yourself mm. what about that you know people are going to be around for as long as they're going to be around but you've got to live with you so it's not about the expectation that you should be living for for somebody else whose life are you living yeah who are you living for what happens yeah. when those people are no longer here who are you afraid of and what are you afraid of if you're afraid that people won't accept you or respect you look in the mirror what kind of respect or acceptance do you have for yourself yep i believe i truly believe those who are meant to be with you your tribe will be with you yeah the good and the ugly they're going to be here to support you you don't have you. to prove anything to them they will love you because of you absolutely 100 yep. just because there's nothing you or chris and i just met you chris i've known 
And he could tell me about what he's done in his past that would make me judge him. Yeah. I'm going to love him through it. Yeah. I'm going to support him through it. And whatever he needs from me, he's going to have me 100%, 150%. Because mm -hmm. it, it's like a brotherhood, a sisterhood. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's the person's journey. It's not like, oh my God, you did that. How horrible of you. But that was part of the journey yeah. to get you to where you are oh now. Oh my God. Yeah. There's no, there's, when I say there's no judgment, there's zero. If I don't want somebody to judge me. Don't judge other people. How dare I start judging them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm a big so, one for that. Yeah. It's about accepting. But you got to first accept yourself and get real with yourself. So you just ask for a tip. Be vulnerable. Be real. Write things down. What is it that's holding you back? Why are you afraid to leave where you're at? Maybe it's a financial thing. I get that. I get why do people stay in the narcissistic relationships? I get it. Why do they stay in a job that they hate? I get it. I When you're the only one, I was the only one that was earning an income because it was, a, you know, not married. So if you're, you know, you're the only one responsible for your yeah. income, your bills, you stay in it. But maybe get the support around you to help you learn the next trade or learn what you need to learn or support you in in developing to go to the next thing. Yeah. Or people out here. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. What do I do? There are ways to get out of where you're at. And if you stuff. if you think outside of the box and you move outside of your comfort zone, if you're willing to move outside of your comfort zone, then there no. are so many opportunities. And that's the problem is that we're stuck there. Something I'm going to say to that, you said the mm. comfort zone. I, something I say, uh, I said it before, to step out of your comfort zone and into your confidence. Yeah. Because it's from that space that you can actually find your true voice. Mm. Your inner voice creates the fear and your outer voice can overcome it. A friend of mine said something similar to that years ago and it stayed with me and stuck with me because I know it's the inner self-talk that knocks you down and it can really also be that same voice that you flip the switch to step into the confidence. And I think, don't you think as a speaker, Chris, I know um, you do a lot of speaking, you travel around a lot speaking, um, but as a speaker, one of the issues I think the speakers have is, or new speakers, obviously, um, is that fear of what other people are going to say about them, what, how people are going to feel when you get on stage. And I've always said to my kids, you know, my kids come home and, and they're like, oh, such and such said something about me or such and such doesn't like me or, you know, stuff we all go through as kids. And I say to them very gently and very kindly, and I say, look, sweetheart, um, what other people think about us is none of our business, okay? It really isn't because we can't control what somebody else does. You have to, you have to love yourself and believe in yourself, and then other people will see that. They'll be attracted to that. They will know that. Um, but if you're so worried about what other people are going to say or think or feel or um, then you lose that part of yourself and you go, well, I can't get up on stage because if I do, maybe they're looking at me and they're thinking this and they think that what I'm talking about is rubbish or whatever it is. So I want to ask you, Chris, very quickly, um, how do you think people can get past that? What's your view on that particular situation as a speaker? Well, you you have to you have to raise you have to raise your level of confidence, and, mm. and how do you do that? It's through a, a daily routine of 
learning how to control what you can and let go of what you can't. When you can truly learn to yep. shed your limiting beliefs from the past and, and from your childhood and, and operate from a place of in the moment, yeah. trusting the process, you learn to really, you know, you really learn to, you know, love yourself. Confidence is a byproduct of, of the pressure challenges you embrace, mm -hmm. your commitment to the process of controlling what you can, letting go of what you can't. And seeing challenges is happening for you now to you. And confidence is just a byproduct of that. Yeah. So even as a professional speaker, yeah, I could go in and speak and wow pretty much the whole audience and get great feedback. And then I can go in and have seven people, eight, 10 people walk out while I'm yeah. talking. And, and it's not because I, I'm a bad speaker or it just could have been something that I, I didn't resonate with yeah. them or I said something that bothered them and they couldn't- Something that it. triggered them. I've done that many times. And, and if I did do something where like, hey, I was off today or I did, okay, I'm human. I, I, I can, I'll, I, I've made a note of that. I'll improve. I got to chalk up this one as a loss and you know, it, I'm probably not coming back here or they're not going to invite me back. It's okay. Because every professional speaker is going to have that. I even have yeah. that to this day. I, I'm not batting a thousand. There's just yeah. no way. And you're not going to please everybody. But, but when you're confident with yourself over time, you won't get caught up in what people think or what they want to hear. I'm going to state yeah. what I'm what I'm going to state. If that's not what you're looking for, then I'm not the speaker for you. And I think if I think if within your particular presentation there's something in there that triggers a previous belief system of theirs, then that's that's a reason why they can up and walk away because they're like, well, no, that's not true. They'll 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 try and force against it and they'll go, you know, it kind of hurts them too much. It's kind of like too much of a trigger so they can up and walk away during the presentation. Yeah, share versus tell. Now, if yeah. I'm coming across as telling them that yeah. this is the way to do it and this is the right way, that's different. That's like, this me. is my way. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Then I'm not doing, I'm doing the wrong thing and that's not yes, me. Exactly. But if I'm sharing versus telling and they still walk out or they don't, that, that's, 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 on that's, them. that's, yeah, that's on them. Exactly. Chris, I have a question for you. Did yeah. you? I know who's being interviewed. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I. This is about you, please. I'm, I'm here. No, 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 no. I, no, I said, no, I, I said that tongue in cheek because I have a question for you about your when you speak, and this is about the voice because when you share, and that's why I, I said that kiddingly because, um, I want to know: Have you ever gone back to these people who walked out because after it's over, people? You know they conglomerate they get there so and said yes. i'm just out of curiosity was there something i said that didn't resonate or was it you just needed to stretch your legs and you were tired and you just chose to walk out during this i mean have you ever gone back it, it's i'm not saying that i've gone uh up because you know because then then i'm looking like i'm trying to please them right mm. so they've come um, up to me and said you know uh like i'll give you an example this happened a long time ago, 20 years ago. I spoke at an AA convention. Uh, to, it was about 300 people at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. I talked about the real issue of addiction. It's not you know, the alcohol, the drugs. It's, it's our state of mind and our mm -hmm. limiting beliefs. And oftentimes people trade one addiction for another, not thinking that yeah. they're so. And it triggered a, a, an issue with the Russian guy that was there. And I can remember his accent. He told me, he told me to go F myself right in the middle of the session. And uh, as a seasoned speaker, didn't miss a beat. I just said, Hey, I, I know what you're going through. I've been there. And I love to chat with you sometime when it ever is convenient for you. And I went right back into 
where, where I left off. People were yep. like, oh, wow, you get rocked by that. Holy cow, I would have like lost my train of thought. I would have, mm -hmm. that, that, it would have ended there. Lo and behold, I didn't, you know, let it go. It's on him. And two weeks later, he called me up. Um, I didn't, I recognized the, the accent. He went on to tell me that, that he was a, a psychologist. Psychologist. Oh, okay. He had, uh, he had a traumatic background of abuse. Uh, he was an alcoholic, been sober for nine or 10 years, but had traded one addiction for the other, not realizing the sexual addiction to prostitutes and, and massage oh. parlors was not a problem. He was doing that. He was married and had children. He was doing this. <laughs> and, and, and he, he says, I, 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 I couldn't see that as the problem. And when you triggered and I reacted. Yeah. Well, yeah, that explains it. So it actually turned up to be a blessing because I ended up helping him to this day. I'm still friends with the gentleman. He's known him for a long time and, and it helped him to get really sober because he was sober from the drink, but he wasn't sober in his mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that, that is incredible. I love that story. Uh and it's again like I spoke about earlier, triggers. You know, that's yeah. that why, you know, when we get upset with people in our life where that gentleman was upset with hearing you on on stage and reacted, didn't respond, it was a trigger for him. And also what I'm gonna say is that we we've heard this, but when you know people get angry or um or upset or sad. It's because of something that they need to work on for themselves. Yeah. Something is a trigger for you. It's because of something you haven't worked through mm -hmm. in your own life. You are getting agitated by someone that's doing something like that's, that's your, you talked about earlier, the gut feeling, what's going on inside of you. And why is that a trigger for you? Yeah. Um, because, yeah. You know, and you don't realize that the people that are not really as awakened or as conscious, um, you know, in this way, aren't going to realize that they're just going to get angry and yeah there's a there's a word intimacy and they don't mean it in the sexual sense intimacy is in to me i see yeah and in these points of pain that people react rather than respond it's because they are seeing something within the other person that is triggering them in that moment to react yeah. and not respond. And this is true in, you know, whatever we are in, in relationship, in work, we're still human beings going into work. If you're punching a clock or not, you're still having an experience. Yep. And, and Chris, you talked about sustainable success. In order to achieve that, that level of sustainable success, you've got to find your own voice and get real with you. Mm. That girl, that guy in the mirror. Order that's to all you that's all you can control is yourself uh and you can't control other people and like i said it, it doesn't matter i mean even to this day like i i you know I, i'll get you know i'll go speak at an event i'll get rave reviews and then occasionally i'll go and i'll get like five stars upper four stars out of five and then i'll get three or four where somebody gave me a 2.5 because they didn't like what they heard yeah and that's and all and, and, and it's like it had nothing to do that i'm not but that's on them that's they just didn't like the content. They it didn't it registered. They just felt like I I don't want anything to do with that that methodology. It's it's yeah. it's rubbish to me, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no the other thing is, yeah, I love that you just said that. The other thing is when you're on stage, 
it's not about you. It's about being in service yeah. to those that are there to glean insight from you. So once and- once you once you understand that, then you have that confidence because now yeah. you can go, I'm there to share. I don't have control over what they think or how they or how they take it. I share what I know. I share yes. what I feel. And so then you can have the confidence to get up there and go, as long as I'm sharing my message, then um, I've done what I've come here to do, you know, and the rest is up to them. Oh, something I, I want to say about the, the voice, because I know we're going to come to a close really. I want to make sure that people hear this. In losing my voice, it was truly the be- beginning of finding my voice in mm-hmm. this life. And that is because I truly believe that my physical, the physical loss of my voice was due to the metaphoric loss of my voice. Yes, that people absolutely. That fear of judgment, the limiting beliefs, the looking for the outside validation for that inner self-worth, like I mentioned earlier. All of those things that was like the thunderstorm of thunderstorms came pouring down and the sky opened and I was just the deluge of everything that I was doing rather than being to become. Running yeah. through life, my best friend in heaven. She's before, you know, when she was here, she used to say, she used to yell at me and say, slow down, Renee, slow down. No, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have yeah. To. What I had to do was listen to her. And she's watching over me now. And I know it with my dad. And I had to slow down. Yeah. Sometimes you have to slow down to speed up and not to rush through it to yep. speed up, but in order to speed up where you're supposed to be, you need to slow down and take the step back to move forward yeah. and understand really what's going on and why things are happening as Chris so elegantly and eloquently stated for you, not to you. We always say, why is this happening? Oh my God. It's, it's no. What is why the lesson is to be learned here? Why, is, why is this happening? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, we yeah. have we have spoken about so much today and I have absolutely loved chatting to you today, Renee, as, as I know Chris has. Um, and I just want to let our listeners know what you've got going on. I know you've got an incredible forgiveness workshop. Self-forgiveness is so powerful and it's so important and forgiving others because as we spoke about, judgment is... Um, judgment is the work of the ego. Judgment is is us just just lacking that forgiveness of other people, not allowing them to be the people that they are supposed to be, not allowing them to go on the journey that they're supposed to be going on. So let our listeners know um, about where they can find you and and that sort of thing, how they can sign up for your workshop, et cetera, et cetera. It'll all be in the show notes, but just let us know. Okay, so yeah, absolutely. Go to my link tree and that will be on there. It's mm-hmm. link tree um, forward slash Renee Reich. So it's L I N K dot dot yeah, dot E E forward slash Renee R E N E E R E I S C H. And on my link tree, you will see the finding your voice uh, for coaching entrepreneurs mm-hmm. group. You will see a complimentary 30 minute meet and greet. So I can do that via Zoom. Um, you will see the uh, workshop that's coming up on this Friday, the 16th. And that's from 1 to 2.30 Pacific Standard Time. And every three weeks, there's a different workshop. So it's not really awesome. the same thing. Uh, through the end of the year, there will be every three weeks the workshop. Um, the first one was on confidence. This was this one is going to be uh, on forgiveness, as you said. 
And then um, also, I have a lot of great things going on within the, the Facebook community. All my links to my uh, social media from Instagram and uh, TikTok and you know YouTube. I have my YouTube channel there too. Everything is there. So just connect with me on social media. Uh, Facebook is is great. I it is. Yeah. My business page there too. So I'm on, on LinkedIn as well. That's a business networking place. And I, I yes, love I love LinkedIn. <laughs> Let me know that you heard this. You heard me speaking on this beautiful show. So I know where you're from and yeah, let's connect because it's all about sharing our voices. And I believe sharing our voices, we can really help each other and lift each other up in that journey of finding your voice. And Absolutely. And, and Superconscious Success fam, if you are struggling at the moment and whether that's through, like we said, whether that's through um, low confidence, whether that's through abuse of any type, codependency, being an empath, all sorts of different things. If you're struggling, definitely give Renee a, Renee a call or an email or whatever and have a chat to her because as you can see, she's a delightful person that is um, is more than willing to, to help you out to, um, to find that voice. And, you know, we need to, if, if we are struggling with our voice, one thing I will say is that we need to work on that throat chakra. We need Absolutely. to start to open it up and start off with the root chakra, move up to the throat chakra because, you know, everything in between, but the throat chakra is often blocked if that's the case. Absolutely. So, so. Oh, yes. This is not a Photoshop, by the way. I was in Newport Beach, California. <laughs> I know people in California. Beautiful. This, thankfully, the wave crashed behind me rather than on top of me because the picture would have looked a lot different. <laughs> and so I'm grateful for that. And it's a workbook book because after each chapter, it's a very quick read, easy read, 83 pages, which for the divine people out there, 83 is 11, very spiritual number. Yes. I put 11 chapters, but there's no way I could have planned on how many pages it was going to be. What I did after each chapter, I posed questions to my readers Nice. And a section. So it's all about journaling, which we spoke about. I yep. literally need three to four line pages because this is something you can have as an evergreen tool to see just how far you've come. So where were you on September 14th, 2022, when you filled out the first part? Where are you the next time you fill it out? And you can keep adding to that as a journal to see just how far you've come because we don't give ourselves enough credit. In Absolutely. Our and so that's available on Amazon? That is absolutely available on Amazon. You can also get it on my link tree. Mm -hmm. um, also, I want to say that about two months ago, I gave my own voice and let my own voice to the audio version of nice. this. It's audible. And, you know, people used to ask me, and I do a little tease in the beginning of the audio. People used to come up and say, who's going to do your voiceover for the book? And I say, did you read the title, Finding Your Voice? <laughs> me? Who's going to do the voice for the book but me? So um, I'm Fantastic. really proud that I was able to lend my voice to the audio version of it. It's on Kindle. It's on an audio. Um, and that's also on my link tree. And the book is there as well. So please reach out, connect. I'm all about serving. And it's through the power of our voice we get to do that. Thank you so much for being here with Absolutely. us today, Renee. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we go, Chris? No, I just want to thank Renee for all she does and, and mm. really being the most genuine person uh that out there you know she's consistent and with her her value that she puts out there and uh again people that are listening get to know her she's truly a, a remarkable human being to get to know and she can definitely help you you know find your voice and whatever that is personal business 
yeah. combination of both get get to know her and reach out to her on social media absolutely well thank you very much for being with us today superconscious success fam we have thoroughly enjoyed this interview thank you renee good luck with everything keep in touch um because you're definitely a shining light thanks so much for your time today thank you both so so much